Life is meant to be enjoyed even as you're going through rough and tough times. As you look for a job, as you tighten up your belt, as you try to spend less, as you try to hunker down, also make room for joy and to be intentional about bringing that into your life. Hello, everyone. This is Thrive Five, and I'm your host, Clarice Metzger, a storyteller and strategist at Thrive Global. In every episode of this podcast, we talk to women about how they thrive in this world and explore the crucial link between self-care and confidence. We hear stories of women who went from surviving to thriving and learn tips for boosting our well-being so we can unlock resilience and joy within ourselves. This week, I'm talking to personal finance expert Tiffany Alicia, also known as the Budgetista. She is the author of the best-selling books, The One Week Budget and the Live Richer Challenge series. You may have seen her give tips on CNBC or Queer Eye. This week, we talk with Tiffany about coming back from financial hardship, tapping into your natural strengths, and protecting your energy. Let's dive on in. First of all, Tiffany, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Kaliri. I'm super excited. Yes, I am excited as well to chat with you today. For listeners who don't know your origin story, can you please tell us a bit about how you got to where you are now? It really is an amazing story. Sure. I was born into a family that talked about personal finance all the time. I'm one of five daughters. Um, My dad was a CFO of a small nonprofit as well as an accountant. And my mom's a nurse. So my dad used to teach us like actual money lessons like at the dinner table. This is how you budget. This is how you save. And when you got your first job, you would sit down with him and map out your paycheck. And my mom, she would teach you like in real life, like we're going to go food shopping. And so I got such a good education at home, which I listened to up until my mid-20s. And then I thought I was grown, grown. So I started to make my own choices. And um, one of those choices landed me $35,000 in credit card debt because of a scam. I was trying to learn how to invest. And I asked a friend to teach me. He's like, oh, no, you just pull money off your credit card and we'll invest it. Well, he invested it in his pocket and I was $35,000 in debt. Um, by then I was a preschool teacher. I was making, I started off by making like $39,000 a year. And every year you get a little bit of a raise. And Mm -hmm. by the time I was 25, I bought my first home. I bought a condo. I'd save $40,000 in about three years teaching preschool and great credit score. I was financially perfect. Then at 26, 27, well, 26, I said, let me go get my master's. So I went from really having no debt to buying a house, to getting this master's. And then I had this $35,000 in credit card debt, um, which was overwhelming. And then the recession hit. I was like, oh, this is just awesome timing. So I, by the time I was 29, I was at my financial lowest, which was $300,000 in or so in debt. And Ooh. moving back home with my parents and losing my condo to foreclosure and breaking up my, my college boyfriend of like seven years and... The only thing I had left was my 99 Toyota Camry. And it was just really, it was a lot. But it was from there that I built my business, The Budget Nista. Because before I'd lost everything, I was kind of the go-to girl for my friends for personal finance. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'd forgotten that I knew how to do those things because it was crushing all the other mistakes that I'd made. So there was about a good two years of like depression where I just did nothing because I just felt like a failure. Well, thank you so much for for sharing that story with us. And 
that experience of losing so much at once could have really derailed you. And you even mentioned it, you know, for two years, you were really down. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know you talk about having to move in with your parents and sleeping in your childhood bed and just feeling this immense sadness. So how did you get through that? I didn't think I was ever going to get over it. It took my friend, Linda. I always tell people, get you a Linda. So Linda's my best friend. (laughs) And for a year and a half, I've been avoiding her, you know, like little conversations here and there, but I wasn't going out. I wasn't really talking to anyone on the phone. And Linda like called me as she normally does. And for some reason, she just caught me in a, a space and she just said, how are you really doing, Tiffany? Because you are just not the same you. Um, and so I tried to pretend like I'd always done. And then I just burst into tears and told her everything because I was always known in our friend group as Tiffany's so good with money, Tiffany, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I lost my job and now I moved back home and I lost my money and I took all the money out of my retirement account. I did all the things you're not supposed to do. And I've got credit card debt and I'm losing my house to foreclosure. And and she was like, so she started laughing. And I remember thinking, I don't see what's so funny. And she said, so in other words, you're like everybody else. And she was like, um, yep. you know, we've been broke for a long time, right? Like all of us, our friend group. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're in our 20s, girl. It's called life. <laughs> And it was the recession. So she was like, on top of that, most of us lost our jobs. Most of us are back home in some way, shape, or form, or with a roommate or on a couch somewhere. So she normalized what I thought was the worst thing I'd ever done. Um, I was able to let go of a lot of the shame because Linda showed me that like you and so many others. Okay, so so what are you going to do now? And once I was able to kind of forgive myself and lift some of that shame, I realized I had a lot of the solutions. I'd learned them at home. Mm, You know, mm -hmm, I know how to budget. mm -hmm. I know how to save. I know how to pay down debt. I've been I've been taught that for twenty years by then. But it wasn't fast. So it was like from twenty seven to twenty nine, I ruined my financial life. And then from twenty nine to I wanna say thirty three, it took me to dig my way out. First of all, I just want to say a shout out to Linda. Yes. We all need a Linda in our yes. life. <laughs> um, but, you know, you even just mentioned it. Shame isn't really productive, you know, yeah. and like kind of sitting in that that feeling of pity and hopelessness. So how did you learn to have that self-compassion and forgive yourself for those financial mistakes, mistakes that honestly anyone could make? So I just had to, whenever I am having a pity party or quote unquote, life is so hard, I tell myself, I realize that. I'm watching the Tiffany channel too long. Meaning mm. that me, 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 I, 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 me, my, I, I, me, me, you know? And then I'm like, okay. <laughs> so then I turn the channel and the way I turn the channel is through volunteering. So I oh. ask myself, is there someone or, or an organization or something that needs help? Whether it's feeding the homeless, wh- regard, whatever it is, I need to turn the channel away from the Tiffany show, you know, yeah, because it's yeah. depressing, depressing this show. And so in so helping other people, it then brings light back into my life. Two, yeah. there's something that I learned at home that I still struggle with, but it's to become a what I call a paper towel person. And so my mom and my dad are opposites in their reactions. So I'm African. So, you know, strict household. Yeah. <laughs> Clarice, I know you're African as well. <laughs> so I, so my African name is Adochi. Right. And if I were to spill juice, which I was apt to do, especially as a kid, and then my father would say um, something like, oh, Adochi, you're so clumsy. You have to be careful. We don't have juice money. You know, there's five of you. And you're like, 
I'm sorry, daddy. Right. <laughs> and then he, then, but if I spilled the same juice in front of my mom, she would get up and go get a paper towel. Silence. Just here. And I just remember it sticking with me as a kid that that's my mom's natural nature is that she's solution oriented, solution focused. When something mm-hmm. happens, very rarely does my mother fuss, even to this day. Yeah. It's what's the solution? Because you know what? After my dad finished using my first middle and last name over something that I've done, he would go give me a paper towel anyway. So it's like, <laughs> so it all ends with a paper towel. Why not start with that? Yes. And so I actively work toward becoming a paper towel person. I I absolutely love that. Everything you just said, snaps. Snaps for <laughs> being African. Snaps for paper towels. Um, <laughs> I love that. Um, so for people listening right now, going through tough times financially like you did, what tips do you have for them remaining to remain hopeful and putting one foot in front of the other. I know one thing that you just said was that giving back was a way to really also fulfill yourself. And that's something we talk about at Thrive often is that science shows that when you give back to other people, you're also giving back to yourself. So what other tips do you have? So when you are struggling financially, it I wish somebody would have told me it's okay not to pay. Right? It's like Because you tell yourself, oh my gosh, I have to pay this and this and this and this and somehow groceries and rent. No. It's okay to temporarily suspend certain things because you don't have it. I mm-hmm. drained my my retirement account, money that you can never give back, compounding interest I can never earn. I drained yeah. it in an effort to save a house that I end up losing anyway. So yeah. I wish I would have known if you don't have it, you don't have to pay, at least temporarily. So because someone hit me the other day, they said, Tiffany... You know, like I'm going through a rough time, you know, with what's happening now. Um, I don't have enough for some of these bills, you know, and, and how am I supposed to pay the bills, but then also save and also this. I'm like, you're not. You are supposed to switch to what I call your health and safety budget. Your mm-hmm. health and safety mm-hmm. budget is you look at each line item of your expenses and say, do I need this to maintain my health? Do I need this to maintain my safety? Everything else can wait. Sometimes that's that. a mortgage. Yeah. You know, Okay. Sometimes that's your cell phone bill and you will get to those things. You will not always be in this position. And when you're doing better, you will be able to, to make right with those people that you owe, but take care of yourself first. Amen to that. I mean, I also, that really rings true right now. We are going through a lot in the year 2020 mm-hmm. and it's important to prioritize your own well-being first and foremost. Yes. Um, something that is also really interesting to me is that although you left teaching, you know, officially, mm-hmm. you remained a teacher and you continue to mentor people every single day. So why is that so core to you and what meaning do you find in it? You know, when I was, I mean, I guess every little girl would say this, but when I was four or five, I, I used to teach my stuffed animals, then I would teach my sisters, and then I would teach, like, I'm just the bossy somebody. Yeah, <laughs> According same. to my sisters, right? <laughs> so if there's one thing I know that I was created to be 100,000%, I was created to be a teacher. And I know for some folks, it's not always so clear what their Mm -hmm. purpose is, but mine has Mm -hmm. been clear for since I was four or five years old that I am a teacher. And I try to run away from it because I got tired of the classroom and I said, I don't want to teach anymore. It's too much. And now here I am as the budgetista teaching. But I realized that I can manifest teaching in so many different ways. It doesn't have to just be in this classroom that I did not enjoy. And so that's why I I teach because... There is nothing else for me. So it's really not an option of like, why do I teach? It would be more so like, how, how can I not 
This is what mm-hmm. I was created and, and informed to do. And when you can find that thing, like as long as I'm in alignment with that, then I know I will always do well. Yes. Yes, yes. I mean, I too can personally relate to being quote unquote bossy growing up teaching everyone <laughs> everything. It's fine. Um, <laughs> bossy but girls that end really... up being bosses later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but that resonates with me as well. And as we said, or as I just mentioned, you know, at Thrive, we really do believe that giving is a form of self-care. Same with teaching yes. and using those skills that you have to really service others. So that's amazing. Um Another thing that I really want to touch on, and I can speak personally, being first generation African-American, you know, my parents are from Sierra Leone. I grew up in a household where women were were really socialized to avoid money talk, you know, like I wasn't taught to go into that job, tell them what it is you deserve, you know, demand the raise or whatever. It was kind of like you shied away from that. And I Mm -hmm. think that in general, women are just socialized to avoid it. So Mm -hmm. what are the most common things you hear from women in particular about personal finance? That it's hard. So I, same thing, I'm first generation. My parents were born and raised in Nigeria. And that would have been the case. But, but God, he said, not one daughter, not two, not three, not four, but five daughters. And I remember my dad saying, well, I guess I'm going to have to show you guys. <laughs> because that was not his intention. If I would yep. have had just one brother, he would have been the one to, quote unquote, take care of us. I'm going to show yeah. him how to take care of these things. But my mm-hmm. dad said, he's an older father too. He's like, I don't know how much longer I'll be here. I want to make sure oh. that you could take care of yourself because there is no brother who's, that's who, in African culture, that's who would be doing it yep. to take care of you. So it was such a blessing that it yep. was just girls, you know? Yep. Can I just quickly say I am mm-hmm. one of five girls. So Okay. <laughs> okay. Look at us. Right? So, but yes, women are taught that money is a man's man's job, that money is hard because just like science and math, you couldn't possibly, you know, mm-hmm. that, but it's really not hard because even I, I fight against it. I'm like, oh, well, I don't really know how to invest. Um, it's, it's, it's That's not true, Tiffany. You have not grown this $10 million of your business. If that's yep. not investing, I don't know what it is, you know, yep. from scratch yep. with no funding, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, I used to tell myself, you know, like, oh, like I'm I'm good at like the easy money things like budgeting and savings and getting out of debt. One, those are not, those are not small things. And and two, that's not true. You, women are, are told that, I don't know, almost like intrinsically, we are not good with finances. It's something that you yeah. leave to men. Michelle Obama said it best. I was, I was at a, um, at Essence Fest. And um, she was speaking on stage and she said, I've been in some of the most prestigious, biggest, most, you know, quote unquote, important tables in the world. And let Mm -hmm. me tell you something. They're not that smart. They're not that smart. You keep telling yourself that you can't be there because it must be these geniuses. No, they're not that smart. And so you belong everywhere. You belong in every room. And I wish more women understood that um, the skills that you need to manage your money it's not that hard. You have mm-hmm. all the skills you need. You know how to read, girl? Oh, you can write? Yeah. Well, we here. Oh, you can add a subtract? <laughs> girl, you good. I Yes, I couldn't agree more. And also, I think it just goes back to kind of challenging that negative voice in your head, which mm-hmm. is something we talk about a lot and something that we all could do a much better job at is challenge that voice. Push yourself further than what you think you can or can't accomplish and, and prove yourself wrong. Exactly. Um, 
So that's super important. At Thrive, we also talk about the importance of taking micro steps, which are small science-backed actions you can start taking immediately to build habits that significantly improve your life. So it's especially important now to start small when people are feeling so overwhelmed. So what are some small steps we can take to feel more in control of our finances? So I call this simple and soon or your daily deposits, right? So sometimes it's just as simple as watching a YouTube video. Like mm-hmm. I have a YouTube channel. Some of my other favorites is Arvich Journey, Minority Mindset. These are great YouTube channels, right? So watching new information. Um, another thing that you can do is like sometimes it's like, you know, get yourself a book. It doesn't have to be one of these big, overwhelming financial books. Like I'm a big proponent now. I've been listening to audiobooks that help mm. significantly because you want to bring new knowledge into your your you know your space. And you might say, oh, I don't have as much time to do that. Okay, well, follow a social media account that that I always share financial information on my budget needs to social media on Instagram, yes. right? And so those tangible things they don't have to be these big, heavy lifts. Um, there's an African proverb that says, "Many drops of water does a mighty river make." Mm-hmm. You know, so success is is cumulative. So I always say knowledge and access to community are the way you shift where you are from where you are to where you want to be. So through access as people, are you mm-hmm. networking? You know, social media is such a great place to meet folks who have who, especially like groups, like if you're in um these like Facebook groups, it is such a great space to connect with people who are on the same or similar journeys to you because yes. they you know, they can normalize the process, you know, they can provide access to to rooms that you might not realize that you should be in. And then mm-hmm. third is community because the same. Yeah. You want to yeah. have peers who are who are working side by side with you. You want to make daily deposits into those three sectors of whatever your goals and dreams are. Uh, yes. Snaps again, more <laughs> snaps. Um, but I also think it's really essential what you mentioned about using social media. We're already mm-hmm. on these platforms. So just make sure that you're kind of controlling the, the information that you're seeing, that you're serving to yourself, essentially. You can choose and little micro doses of wisdom. That's that's it. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with personal finance expert, Tiffany Alicia. You know, a lot of people might be out of work right now and just feeling kind of lost or confused or honestly depressed. So what advice do you have for folks out of work trying to stay motivated during such a tough moment in time? Yeah, and it it is. I I remember what it was like when I first, you know, was unemployed. And what I say is now is the perfect time to dust off that dream that you told yourself couldn't happen. Even mm-hmm. if it's just something on the side, it doesn't, I'm not talking about dream that has to make you money. I always have, as I'm working toward, you know, I have business and things like that. I always have a dream project. It's what motivates me to keep going when things are like falling down outside. And sometimes it, it might be a business, it, but it might not. It might be, you really love crocheting. You're like, you know what? I wanted to learn that new technique. So while I'm trying to figure out yeah. what I'm going to do with my life, I'm going to whip out my needles, my my my, my knitting needles and, and crochet a hat. It's an outlet for you to experience joy just for the sake of joy. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell people. Like Life is meant to be enjoyed even as you're going through rough and tough times. Yes. So that's what I would suggest is to, as you look for a job, as you tighten up your belt, as you try to spend less, as you try to hunker down, also make room for joy and to be intentional about bringing that into your life. 
Yes, yes. I'm like saying yes a million times. <laughs> I have a creative platform that uh, is focused on telling the stories of marginalized change makers through the lens mm. of their identity. And during this time, I have really just poured into that. And mm-hmm. it's been really bringing me to your point, such joy. It does excuse me, it doesn't feel like work. It's fun for me, like finding people to reach out to and tell their story. So I, I think that that is super important. And speaking on your dream project, it, as we said, it's important to find meaning out of work as well. When work comes, work goes, but you have to be doing things for yourself and for your mm-hmm. own personal fulfillment. So that's really powerful. I hope people really take some meaning and pick up those crochet needles that they put away <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> um, so right now we are facing two pandemics. Mm-hmm. As we know, COVID-19, systemic racism. As a Black woman, this has been a particularly difficult moment in time. Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious as for you, what are some ways that you've been getting through this moment in time? I've been leaning into my family and friends more. I have a, I have two nieces and a nephew, but two of them live down the street from me and they're three and five respectively. And it's like, you know, they don't know nothing about what's going on, but you have toys can I have some snacks? This is nice. Where do you get this from? You know? <laughs> and so when I hang out with them, there is no space for, I just got to answer this email or I just got to, yeah. there's only space for joy and laughter. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing is that I have, you know, just leaned into some of my hobbies. I actually like reading. I like walking, but I found myself stopping to do all those things. And I'm like, no, make time for that. Go for a walk, yeah. read a book. Also, I'm a napaholic. I love me a nap. And that's not, I'm going to take a nap right after this. You are not um, I have an hour in between. A, a nap is like a place where I can just re, rejuvenate and regenerate, you know? Mm-hmm, so you mm-hmm. should have kind of like a file of like your happy place or your happy things. So yes. like I love Indie Irie. So if I'm feeling particularly down, I might listen to her music. So I have kind of like a list of things that bring me joy. And some things are like... um a longer go of it. Some things are instant pick me up. If it's a really hard day, I'm going to go down the street. I'm knocking on my Mm -hmm. sister's door. Even if it's five minutes with the kids, there's an instant pickup. So figure out for you, like what's in your, what's in your joy box. So you can take those things out and like, okay, I listened to Indiary, still not feeling so great. Okay. I took a nap. Oh, I'm feeling a little okay. Oh, let me go see the kids. Or you know what? Let me go get my vegan chocolate chip cookies from, from Whole Foods. It's time. You know, that's yes, my breakout of day. Like my husband knows when I'm having a particularly tough, tough day, he brings home like the cookies and he's like, I'm like, oh, you could tell I'm stressed. He's like, yes. <laughs> you know, so what are your things? And start to pull them out. Because for me, it just, there was a moment where I was just livid all the time. Just mm-hmm. so angry. I was tired of seeing dead black bodies on my timeline. Yeah. I don't want yeah. to, I don't allow for it anymore. I don't click any of those videos. I don't watch them. If I see it, I, I mute, I turn them off um, because I'm just like enough. I can stay up to date with what's happening without seeing that level of violence against people yeah. that look like me. It's just of not healthy. Course. You know, um, and something else I'm looking forward to too, as well, is that like I've been saying, I need to. I've had a therapist when I was in um, college because I was just going through so much, and I want someone now just to w- talk through some of the challenges that I have day to day, just as a black woman, yeah. as a business owner, as a wife. Um, you know, because I've got great friends, but you know, it's sometimes nice to, for someone to give you tools to navigate mm-hmm. when things are really overwhelming. Yes. I think the joy box is essential. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like you said, asking for help. And then Mm -hmm. speaking of making time for people you love or taking time for self-care, like a nap, speaking with someone, 
I think boundaries in general play yes. a big, big Ooh, part. Boundaries. That. That's that's my word for 2020. I am the boundaryless queen. I will let you take my arm, my leg, oh, and my toe. Oh, you want the, my hair too? And my ear, girl, have it all. Until I'm left with nothing quivering on the floor. And yes, I am. <laughs> so many women are like that. I'm like, somebody, if you give everything away, what's left, ma'am? Exactly. Like what exactly. is left? And so my my business coach reminds me that clear is kind. He's like, you know, Tiffany, when you say yes, when you mean no, you're being unkind to yourself and to the person that you're quote unquote helping because you're really not helping. You're bringing this negative energy to whatever product or whatever project they want you to do. And mm-hmm. he was like, it's actually kinder to be clear. Yes. Yes. So what other tips do you have for creating these healthy boundaries? Please so, just, an- just drop some gems. Another thing too that I've learned, which I just love, is that when I mess up, quote unquote, like... Um, and I'm like, oh, I'm doing the thing that I said I'm trying to do better is um, I learned to celebrate the awareness. The mm. reason why people don't change is because change and growth can be painful. Yes. Just think about yes. when when a seed, right? The first time you ever see a seed split open and like the little green stalk comes mm-hmm. out of the seed. Imagine how painful that must feel for the seed. But yeah. what's growing is so much apart. better. So, so many people don't grow because of that initial pain. And so that's yeah. how people, it's a habit that we form is that we don't grow because it's like, oh, it's painful. Okay. It's, maybe it's the wrong place. Mm-mm. Learning to push past that. And so what happens is when, you, when you're feeling uncomfortable, I've learned not to say, this is a bad thing. Let me retreat. I've learned to celebrate the awareness because I want to change the trigger so I continue to push past. Like, this yeah. is hard. Okay, this is good. It's hard. It's meant to be hard because mm-hmm. I'm growing. So that has been such an amazing tool mm-hmm. for me, celebrating the awareness because it allows me to to see a thing for what it is, not for what I've told myself. You know, that is not for this negative thing that I that sometimes I flavor new new beginnings with. And a, another thing that I've I've created for myself is even just internal boundaries is like. As, as I'm talking to myself, I ask myself, would you allow your friend to speak to you this way, Tiffany? Because mm. you'll tell yourself like, oh my God, that was so stupid. Why did you do that? Honestly, you make the dumbest choices. So sometimes I have to be like, Tiffany, did you hear what you just said to yourself? What if Linda yeah. said that to you? You would be like, Linda, that's so mean. So yep. why is it okay for you to be mean to yourself? Why? Uh. It's not. So that's a boundary. Because sometimes I have to have boundaries from Tiffany. Like, yeah. girl, you're doing too much right now. You're being mean. Uh. I'm over here just saying, yes, yes. Like I I can't, in our first episode, we um, spoke with therapist Lori Gottlieb about the importance of self-talk and making sure that you're speaking to yourself in a way that's kind to yourself. Would your friends say this to you? And if they did, you would look at them as though they were crazy. Mm -hmm. So be nice to yourself. Yes. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with personal finance expert, Tiffany Alicia. Now we are going to dive into your Thrive Five. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we will do some rapid fire questions and okay. just answer with whatever comes to mind. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite form of self-care? My favorite form of self-care, chocolate chip cookies and a good nap. What's a movie that immediately puts you in a good mood if you're feeling down? Um, I like Just Right. It seems like crazy, but like Queen Latifah in Common. I really like that movie. 
<laughs> it's a fun, like, you know, a rom-com movie. So yeah, I guess that one. Love a rom-com. <laughs> In 10 words or less, what's one piece of financial advice you would give to everyone? Start now, start soon, start imperfectly. That's key. Can you name someone you're following on social media who fills you with hope or optimism about the future? Um, Will Smith. Of course. I love it. (laughs) And lastly, what's the best $20 you've ever spent on your well-being? Um, I would say probably the best $20 I've ever spent was on the the four-hour work week. I was still teaching preschool and it was, I remember I knew I wanted to do something different and expand beyond where I was. I bought that book and while the kids slept, it encouraged me to work on my dreams. And so that's what I used to do during nap time. I worked on building the budget Nisa and here we are today. Perfect note to end it on. (laughs) Tiffany, this has been such an amazing conversation. You have filled me with gems and knowledge. So we can't, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Thank you. Thrive 5 is an iHeartRadio podcast. From iHeart, our executive producer is Carrie Lieberman. Our Thrive Global team includes producers Marina Kadekel and Margarita Bertzos. Our talent booker is Lindsay Benoit O'Connell. Special thanks to Ann Sachs and Madison Odenberg. Our production partner is Neon Hum Media. Jonathan Hirsch and Sharon Morris are the executive producers. Our lead producer is Joanna Clay. Hansdale Sue engineered this episode and composed our theme music. See you next week.